The Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Hello and good morning to you. It's nine minutes after 9 a.m. I'm Andy Griffin. Thank you for tuning in today. This is News Radio 949 890 KDXU. It's uh, another day, another Andy Griffin show. Got some uh, cool stuff uh, coming up on the show. In the bottom of the hour, we'll be joined by Tiffany Atkin from the St. George Police Department. She's got a special guest today. I'm not going to say who it is just yet, but it, it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, in the meantime, we've got about 15 or 20 minutes of, uh, of open lines. If you want to call 673 Zero. I've got a couple of uh, announcements I wanted to make about the uh, program. First of all, uh, we will be, for the most part, this is going to be the new format of this show. We'll have the first half hour, minus the news, of course, and a couple of commercials. Uh, first half hour will be uh, open lines. Uh, there are some guests where I'm going to take the whole hour. Uh, I think uh, Dr. Blodgett coming on, he's, he's one of those that I think we, you know, having him on for the entire hour is a good idea. Uh, the mayors, mayors will still be on uh, once an hour. Uh, but speaking of the mayor's show, we will no longer be on location at Hash House Agogo. Uh, with our recent uh, technical problems that we had there, uh, the sound quality just being as, uh, you know, just absolutely awful. And uh, we just decided that uh, we're just going to we're going to bring it in house. We're, we'll still have an association with Hash House or GoGo, and uh, they're going to offer up for some prizes for us to give away during the program. But uh, just didn't feel like it's realistic. And, and uh, the, the show quality was suffering having the mayor's show at Hash House or GoGo. Uh, and uh, so, so we're going to move it in studio. We'll, we'll have the mayors coming in studio with us, uh, starting not this week because we've got Thanksgiving on Thursday, and we'll be off on Thursday. But starting next week with Mayor John Pike, uh, he'll be right here in studio, uh, high above Bluff Street on North Bluff here in St. George. So those are a couple couple of uh, programming notes with the Andy Griffin Show. Again, we'll have some open lines early in the show. Friday should, for the most part, still be open line Friday, uh, barring a special guest every once in a while, hopefully not too often. But uh, And then the first, again, the first half hour show uh, or so of every show, we'll have open uh, lines as well. Chance for you to weigh in and uh, and talk about some of the things that, uh, that interest you. And in fact, let's go right to the phone lines. Uh, caller, you're on. Is this Seth? Uh, let me check on my driver's license. I have four of them. And if I look carefully, they all have my picture address and, and my permission to fly on airplanes. Uh, in A star. Yeah. Right on the driver, all four of them. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I do believe because I can see the driver's license that it's me. All right. Well, that's good to hear. At your age, you never know. You might forget who you are, right? Exactly. But no, no, I'll never forget who Andy is. I appreciate that. (laughs) All right. Well, um, I'd like to congratulate you on on the new format, and I do believe it's going to attract more listeners. And even uh, if a half hour is allocated, it may not be necessary for a guest or whatever, maybe 10 minutes or five. And uh, I love the mayor, and I love talking to the mayors, but I think uh, there's maybe too much exposure in that we're talking about the same kind of thing with the same kind of people, and we're not broadening and learning new things other than traffic lights aren't working or whatever. And so uh, I, I would suggest maybe that, like it used to be, once a month would be enough, and then we research and do other things that are of interest to the community, like today, I'd like to talk about turkeys. All right, let's talk about turkeys. Are you talking about tryptophan, or you got something else on your mind? 
No, all, all, all kind of different things. And let me just quickly say, do you know, first of all, how much percentage-wise of the food you're going to eat is going to be turkey? Mm, you're talking about on Thanksgiving Day? Yes. Oh. On the big meal that, you know, the entire world yeah, revolves so what around. Percentage, okay? What percentage of the meal will be turkey? I don't know, maybe 15, 20% of it? I think the statistics say like 10. 10, okay. Okay, there's, you know, considering the ounces and all the other things that we're going to eat. If you got a plate of turkey, would that be considered, would you consider that a full meal? Oh, heavens no. No, you got to no. have the trimmings, yeah. Right. Well, what else would be on there? Oh, you know, we like the green bean casserole. We like a little mashed potatoes, some stuffing. I'm not a big cranberry fan, but we'll probably put a little bit of that on the plate. Uh, some people like corn. I don't know. How about you, Seth? Well, cranberries, you know, I make my own cranberries mm -hmm. and, and uh, put oranges and all kinds of things in it. And a salad, of course, we would have. And maybe... Uh, uh, some pumpkin pie, and, and by the way, the turkey, where did the turkey originate? You know, I have no idea. I, I know there are wild turkey in the North America, but uh, I, don't, I don't know about the rest of the world. We're the only place, America, the, the Americas are the home of all kinds of special foods and special animals that don't exist anywhere else. And Ben Franklin wanted to make... The turkey, the national bird, and yes, the emblem, because everybody and his grandmother had a had an eagle, mm. and it was sort of boring. And uh, the turkey back then, and the wild turkey today, is a very smart and a very wise and a very uh, colorful and beautiful animal. And uh, it's not the big dumb thing that's on your table. Right, right. Okay, so it's totally different from what it used to be and what it is, and that's why crazy old Ben Franklin, who gave us daylight savings times and a lot of other kind of things, <laughs> suggested yeah. things that that uh, he was a thinker, he was an inventor, he was looking for other solutions, right? And uh, this is a serious item that they have been doing research on turkeys and if you go to um, YouTube or you go to Google and you Google how the turkey became, how the dinosaur became a turkey, mm -hmm. and, it, and the name of the series is called Morphed, M-O-R-P-H-E-D, and it talks about them going into the ancient records and looking up the fossils and something of uh, 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 a dinosaur about three to four feet tall. Um, was called Velociraptor, and it was the spooky one that was in the uh, uh, dinosaur movies chasing the children around in the kitchen and the violent yeah, yeah. predators eight foot tall. Well, uh, apparently that wasn't the case, and that um, the true animal, it, uh, over time, to survive in the coldness and stuff, grew feathers. And then eventually it became what we know as a turkey today. And so as you sit down at your meal, either with a chicken or a turkey, this is the closest living relative to dinosaurs. Nice. The velociraptor for dinner. I love it. All right. And, and <laughs> it, it's fascinating to watch this show and to see how... Uh, what we're going to eat in the next few days and maybe for days afterward is actually 
uh, the bird relative of what is left of the dinosaur race. That it is... needed the feathers. It needed its, its uh, way to to move around, and it was it was not the dumb thing that uh, grows on farms that we harvest, you know, and eat. So, um, an idea, and maybe if there's kids around, kids love dinosaurs. Why not look up Morphed on the Discovery Channel? It's a 45-minute show that explains the evolution, where turkeys came from, how they existed, what they looked like, and they've got a pretty good handle on the fact, along with chickens, uh, are, are examples of, of things we're eating that we would never consider eating a dinosaur, because supposedly there isn't any. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks, Seth. Great to talk yeah. to you about it. All right, sir. All right. Talk to you later. Literal food for thought, huh? Turkey and a dinosaur, are they related? Well, yeah, of course, we're all related, right? Caller, you're on with Andy on the uh, on the uh, Andy Griffin Show. What's on your mind? Morning. Morning, is that me? Yeah, that's you. Oh, okay. Food for thought, huh? So no more Hash House of Go-Go, huh? No, we just, you know, it was weird because we did it there for several months and, and the sound quality was great. And then just in the last month or so, it's just gone down and down and down. So we we kind of given up on that project. Yeah. Well, that's good news. Second question, I have another question. Um, why are you using the second, uh, the bottom of the hour, so 9.30 to 10, for programs and instead of doing the first half hour? Well, just the way it worked out. There's, there, there's some semantics involved, but the, basically this is the best way that we could arrange it. So uh, you don't you don't like it that way? No, I think most people will agree that you should do it from 9 to 9.30 and leave the second part of the hour, so 9.30 to 10, um, open for open lines. Because that way then people can comment on any and every show that you just did from 9 to 9.30. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, you know, do you see what I'm saying? I, d- I do. Can, I do. One, yeah, one, thing I, one thing I did want to reiterate, though, is when we have guests on, we almost always open the, the lines up so people could actually call and talk to the guests as well. I know. I know. But, Andy, no offense. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm not trying <laughs> to get, it, get on your skin. But you, sometimes you get a little long-winded. So mm-hmm. even, though you, even though you say lines are open, you'll then go on. No offense, but you'll then talk for about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. It'll take up uh, about ten minutes of time. So, yeah. so glad. So, a good kudos to not being there in Hash House of Go Go. I'm sorry, but it's you. You just agreed. You admitted it too. But we've all been the the, the audio quality was suffering. Oh, absolutely. Uh, You're right. Right. Yeah. And it's not that. It's not the. It's not the program. That's not. We we we, we just want to hear what you and the the different mayors are are saying clearly. Yeah, oh, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. In fact, when I went back yeah. and listened to last Thursday's, I told myself I'd, I'd turn it off, too. That, that was not worth listening to. You couldn't hear it. Yeah, right. So. It, and, and it's not that you can't hear it. It's that, like I said, it's not clear. It's not con- uh, precise. It's just not the same studio quality. Yep. Um, yep, you're right yeah. about that. Also, also, also um, another thing I was going to say, um, like I mentioned before, this really, this community really – really needs and appreciates and has in the past this show to be a sounding board to be a forum for the for, for the for the community 
all of what it's not it's not St. George, it's not Ivan. It's hits from Mesquite to Cedar City. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. This and I, I, again, I mean, to, to just so you know, to drive it home, all of us really, really want and need to have have uh, participation in this program uh, a little bit during the week, as well as really as well as for sure Friday. So, okay. anyway, thank you. Yeah, thanks for the call. Well, Appreciate thanks so much. Good to talk to you today. It is uh, Tuesday, 9.22 a.m. Let's go back to the phone lines. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. How are you? I'm doing great, Andy. Uh, good morning. Morning. Uh, I just uh, want to uh, say I think that your compromise that you've come up with is uh, is outstanding. Uh, you guys still manage the station. We understand that. And so uh, I really appreciate that you've listened to uh, those of us that, that uh, do have a you know, a, a desire for the the show to uh, uh, allow more participation, and I think you've done that. And look, we we can nitpick everything. You know, nothing's perfect, but sure. I think you guys have come up with an excellent uh, way to uh, to compromise that. And so, I, I just thank you very much. And uh, clearly, you guys are listening uh, to your uh, listeners. Yeah, well, and, and and we love you guys, and we appreciate you listening. So that's awesome. Well, and. We- and we'll continue to do that, and uh, I, I think you guys have found a great compromise. So while I'm on the phone, just something real quick. So yeah. How, how much uh, do you do, do all of us pay uh, in taxes on our gasoline or our diesel? Mm, you know, I don't, I, I, I don't know the breakdown right now. Do you know it? I do, and, and we used to all know because they used to post it on the pump. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, they don't do that anymore. Nope. It's also not on your receipt. That's right. And we really have no idea how much we're being taxed. And I think that's a real problem. The, the legislature actually changed the law in 2015 to where uh, they don't have to post it anymore. And, of course, they don't because they don't want everybody to know right. that we're paying 47 cents a gallon, a gallon for gasoline and 53 cents a gallon for diesel. Hmm. That is probably one of the biggest percentage taxes we pay. And yet, I would suggest that most of us have no idea where that money goes. We think we know, but we don't really know. And so maybe one of the things that, you know, a future guest might be somebody that could help talk about, speak about that. Perhaps, you know, a state legislator um, might be able to do that or, yeah. you know, somebody else. But I would really like to have somebody explain to us where that money goes because that's a lot of money. And it seems our roads don't reflect certainly in, in the county or in the uh, cities, it doesn't seem to reflect the kind of money we're investing in it. And so just a, a suggestion for a guest perhaps in the future to uh, help us understand where that money goes and how it's value added to us. Yeah, it'd be, I, you're right. I think it'd be good to have a guest on who maybe understands it a little better. One thing I found out in asking about this in the past, I, I remember doing a show about it maybe seven, eight months ago uh, with, with a state a person involved in the state tax. And they're like, well, we take our part and this is what we do with it. But I don't know what they do with the federal. You know, so there was a little bit of a passing of the buck there. Right. And what, what drives this home for me is there's a, uh, the Water Conservancy District is going to raise our taxes once again. Yeah. Uh, you know, they say oh, it's just a small, it's just a, you know, it's just another straw up on the camel's back. And so I, I think, you know, conversations in the future about taxes and where it's going. I don't know that any agency, whether it's the Fed, the state, the city, 
has taken into account the full tax burden on us. They just think about the piece they get. So we're all on the on the giving end, which is this multitude of agencies that take money from us, and really all they think about is, well, we're we're only taking this. Yeah, it's just a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That, that so, reminds anyway. me, if you, you go to Costco and get gas, there's a sign that says, please do not overfill your tanks, try to protect the environment. I remember the first time I saw that, I thought, well, that's stupid. I'm going to fill my tank as high as I can, and the heck with you guys. And then I got to thinking about it, and like, okay, so if I overfill my tank and it's dripping out, out the side, or maybe the gas pump as I'm putting it back in puts a few drops on, okay, well, maybe if I was the only one that did that, it would not be a big deal. But think about how many people go through the Costco gas station every day. And that kind of yeah. illustrates the point you're making. If every one of those people drips a little bit of gas, imagine how much gas is on the ground uh, by the end of every single day. Same thing with taxes. Uh, everybody wants their own little bit, but by the end, boy, there's a lot. Exactly right. And, you know, we just, because it's not in front of us, we don't see how much they take in taxes anymore. It's not on the receipt. It's easy to realize that for every $20 that we pay for gas, $10 of it is taxes. I don't think we, you know, we we need to hold our our uh, government accountable for at least tell us how much money you're 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 taking from us. I mean, they hide it now. That's yeah. a real problem. Yeah, so, you're right. Yeah, good call. Appreciate well, it. Thank you, Andy. Yeah, you good bet. to talk to Bye. you. All right, Dave, we got time for one more caller before we hit to the bottom of the hour. Yeah, you're on with Andy. How are you today? Hi, Andy. Hey, good morning. I heard there was a group trying to get a referendum on the. For carbon tax for Utah. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Unfortunately, they didn't get enough support. But where were they going to get this money from? Add some more money onto our gas taxes and a few other things. Yeah, yeah. They want to take a chunk as well, don't they? But they're going to try harder next time, I guess. But anyway, back to Seth's conversation about our turkeys. who used to be a dinosaur. Yeah. Now, he said that was the last living relative of dinosaur, but I thought alligators and crocodiles were actually living dinosaurs. Do you know anything about that? You know, I honestly don't. That's not definitely not an area of expertise for me, but it seems like, I mean, if you want to look at what they look like and what they do, it seems pretty uh, pretty apparent, uh, you know, to the naked eye that, uh, yeah, a crocodile and alligator, man, that looks like a dinosaur. It acts like a dinosaur. Seems like it ought to be one. Yeah read somewhere they haven't changed in millions of years so yeah i think there's and i've had alligators so have it's you? not bad tasting dinosaur tastes like chicken <laughs> not quite <laughs> but it has a different texture you definitely know you're eating something different when you eat it but i'm on my way to costco to pay some taxes so okay <laughs> good luck with that have a good weekend Bye. all right thanks for the call you know, I've had, in my lifetime, I've had the opportunity to have a rattlesnake. I've had armadillo, believe it or not. I've had rabbit. But I have never had alligator. And I don't know that I that I want alligator. That's, uh, a, little, that's a little scary to me. Uh, 673-5890 is the phone number. We've got uh, Tiffany Atkins. She's coming in, and she's going to spend a little time with us. She brought some friends with her. And I'm pretty excited about these friends. One of them, though, can't talk. So, uh, but uh, she can't talk, but she can probably make some noise. We'll talk about that when we come back. Morning, everybody. It's 9.33. I'm Andy Griffin. This is the Andy Griffin Show. Got a couple of guests in studio now. Actually, three guests in studio. 
we can get Tiffany over to her microphone. There we go. Hi, Tiffany. How are you? Tiffany Atkins. She's the public information officer for the St. George Police Department. And uh, Tiffany, I'll let you introduce our two guests. Okay. So I have my favorite officer of all time, Miss uh-huh. Emma. Oh, K-9. it's not Joe? No, no, no. <laughs> I like Joe, but I, I love Emma. <laughs> Emma is a canine police officer uh, specializing in narcotic right. detection, right? Yes. And we did bring her handler. Um, Officer Joe Watson. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm a package deal, so I have to go where she goes. <laughs> We're okay with that, Joe. Uh, well, I mean, I, I have like six million questions I want to ask you about about Emma and, and about your work. Um, I do want to again open it up to phone lines if people want to call six seven three five eight nine zero, and we'd love to take your call if you want to talk with Joe or Tiffany, or even if you want to talk with Emma. I don't know. Maybe we can turn our mics off and let Emma hear it when the callers call sure, or something. Sure, but uh, well, let, let's start off with Joe. If you'll tell us a little bit about what it takes to, uh, first of all, for St. George Police to acquire uh, a canine officer, because I I don't imagine it's just hey, give, get us a dog. Uh, no, these uh, one one thing I like to say is that police canines, working canines, are kind of like 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 people. Um, I play basketball. But I don't play for the NBA because I'm not that good. Right. You know, a lot of people have dogs, but not every dog can be a police working dog because mm-hmm. they just don't have that necessarily drive is what is what motivates them. She's not content, as you can see. She's very antsy and worked up right now. She's not content with just sitting here on a chair. She wants to hunt just to do something and yeah. go look for what she looks for so that she well, can play and get her toy. If there are drugs in this room, they have been here for ten months before <laughs> I got here because I. They're not your pants? Is that what you're saying? I do have a protein bar over here. It probably wouldn't smell that. Right? No. Well, yeah. they smell it, but they just don't react. To right. Okay. Different. So, yeah, she's trained to uh, to locate six specific odors is what she's trained for. And that okay. includes the four basic marijuana, meth, heroin, and cocaine. But wow. she's also trained to locate uh, forms of ecstasy or MDMA as well as psilocybin or shrooms. No, I, I don't know what protein. MDMA is. so you're uh, gonna... It's just a form of ecstasy, okay. molly, right. whatever you want to call it on the oh, street. Right. But, uh, those are the six odors, that she, specific odors she's trained to locate. And uh, the people always say, well, uh, maybe my dog smelled the cheeseburger in your car. Yeah, she probably smelled it. <laughs> and give, if given the opportunity, she may try to eat your cheeseburger, but they don't uh, behave <laughs> Uh, like she does when she smells narcotic odor, those six odors. So that's the difference. She okay. smells everything. She just only reacts and behaves when she smells the narcotic odor. Now, can you go back to then how how we get one, why we have one, and, and, and that whole process, Joe? Yeah, so um, each dog that has uh, gone through a rigorous testing process, we look to see what kind of drives they have, um, what kind of temperament they have. So, so who picks the dogs then? I, I pick my dog. You pick a dog yeah. and you say, I, I think this dog has got what it takes, and then it has to go get trained. Yes. Is that how it works? And each handler is responsible for the care, the training, the grooming, all of that with their own canine. Wow. That's... So they live with us full time. Um, we feed them, we groom them, we bathe them. Um, they live and interact with our families. And I was going to say, do you have a family, wife and yeah, kids? I've got all my children and my wife and everybody that she reacts and, and lives with them on a on, on a daily basis. Unfortunately, my wife tends to get a little jealous every once in a while because I spend more time <laughs> with my dog than I actually do with her most most days. Yeah, I, my wife gets that way with my Mustang. It's the same kind of thing. So, um, but uh, so Emma is how old now? She is. I believe she's right around five. five I got years her old. when she was twenty months old, and she's a black lab, purebred black Labrador Retriever. Beautiful one of the only looking without dog. a without a tail. We actually had to cut her tail off when I first got her because um, she 
shakes her rear end quite vigorously, and uh, she unfortunately kept cutting it open on different things when she oh would strike my. it. And you can imagine a happy wagging tail with a, a open wound on it. There was it not, created quite a mess. So not, not for her good, health yeah. and my ease of mind, we ended up just taking it with the vet. So now Tiffany was telling us that uh, when she when she does her job, when mm-hmm. she sniffs out some drugs, she does something very unique. This yeah. Emma dog. Tell us about She's, that. She has mastered twerking. Twerking. Yeah. Twerking. Twerking. Yes. Twerking. She's known she can... at the schools as the dancing dog. Yeah. For, for those that aren't aware of what a twerk is, uh, you basically you shake your booty back yeah. and forth. And, Everyone's and... seen Miley Cyrus do it. Well, so someone, you got to yeah, know what it is, yeah. right? Emma, Emma definitely perfected the mm-hmm. move, though. She's, <laughs> yeah. And I did not train that. I, I wouldn't even begin to know how to train that. That's just her... Natural. Oh, you didn't teach her to twerk? Nope. Okay, we have to disagree that. because you know all kids like pick up on what their parents do. <laughs> uh-huh, so, I true. mean, it's not that far of a stretch to say she saw it and was like, hey, <laughs> I, I like even that. I to know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, so as you, uh, I mean, and run me through a call on how this all works. Say there's a suspected, I don't know, somebody gets pulled over and it seems a little fishy. How does it work with you? Do they give you a call and say, hey, we need you over here? Or? Yeah, so Emma and I, every day, our sole purpose is to come to work and assist patrol or investigations and however we need to in locating illegal narcotics, whether it be on a traffic stop. If somebody stops somebody and they uh, have suspicion that maybe drugs are involved, they can call Emma and I to the traffic stop, and we run her around and do a free air sniff on the vehicle, and uh, she just... If the air coming out of the vehicle smells like narcotics, she behaves a specific way, hmm. and, uh, and then we can investigate that further. We, we always hear about, you know, the hidden compartment, you know, whether it's under a seat or, or inside a, a, a side panel uh-huh. of a vehicle. Some of those seems like they'd be really hard for even a dog to detect. It, do, how, how does she do when they're, when they're pretty well concealed and pretty well hidden in there? So each of our dogs, we train them that they get their nose as close to source odor as possible. So if it's in a hidden compartment, a common one is in the wheel well. They'll, they'll cut out a section of the wheel well, and they can put uh, uh, make create a false compartment in there. The mm-hmm. dogs will stick their head inside the wheel well, and that's they'll, they'll point where their nose essentially where the odor is coming from, and they'll get themselves as close to source as they possibly can. So that kind of gives us, we may not know specifically where it's coming from, but it'll give us a general area of where that odor might be coming from. So, okay. And a lot of that plays in odor can move different ways. You know, if you put a smoke bomb inside of a car, you'd be amazed at the different areas and sections where the odor is actually escaping. Right. So we've done trainings before where we put odor sources in a trunk of a vehicle, and the dogs actually either detect that odor out of the wheel well or on the, the passenger door because that's just where that odor happens to be escaping from hmm. the vehicle. So. Can, can so, you... Yeah, I was going to say, can can you address the the how the law is in, involved as far as uh, searching a vehicle like that? Like, I I think most officers try to obtain permission, right, from from whoever's driving the vehicle. Ultimate consent is probably the best. Mm-hmm. Um, in a scenario where we're dealing with a traffic stop or something, if my dog indicates on the vehicle, due to the vehicle exception rule, we are allowed to search a vehicle oh, okay. with, without consent. But I. Personally, I always go out of my way to get consent from the driver first, just out of mere respect for the general public with, with what I deal with. So Now, if, if I, I'm a bad guy, I've got some drugs hidden somewhere in my car, and you say, hey, I'd like consent to have my dog you know, sniff and, and to search your car, 
Why in the world would I say yes? And, and what's, what's my motivation at, the, at that point? So actually, so searching the vehicle and having the dog sniff are two different things. Okay. I don't need uh, permission to run my dog, and I rarely ever ask for permission to search my dog on a free air sniff. So if you're out on a public roadway and I, you're there lawfully detained by an officer for a traffic stop, I can get my dog out and run my dog around your car whenever I feel so. Um, but in relation to the dog indicating on the vehicle, uh, that's a whole different matter as far as now we've, you know, you were stopped for maybe a traffic violation, and now I've got probable cause based on my canine's indication to the odor of narcotics. Now I've got to investigate that aspect of it. So Now, you're clearly very proud of Emma. Uh, you, <laughs> you trained her, and obviously she's really good at what she, what she does. But i got to ask you, is, is there ever – does she ever miss it? Is there, is there ever a fault? Like, does, does she smell, you know, bacon or something, and, and it turns out it's not what you thought it was? So we actually um, – when we're doing training, that's what we were just barely doing was um, we'll – implement and put a lot of stuff like that we'll put food odors out or cutting mm-hmm. agents like baking soda so you're trying to throw her off the track well we we introduce our dogs to as many odors as we can mm-hmm. so that they know this odor doesn't give you the reward there's only the six odors that i mentioned earlier that's what she gets her reward for that's what she gets her toy on and she learns and when we're training we'll put out things like cheeseburgers and we'll put out coffee grounds or tobacco or um just different things like that, anything mm-hmm. we can think of, packaging material like plastic bags or tin foil, things like that. So our dogs um, smell that and know, yeah, I smelt that, but that's not the odor I'm looking for. So we go through extensive training with all of our canines to make sure that they're proofed off of those odors and that the only six odors that they indicate to are those six illegal narcotic odors that we discussed. So we go through quite a few uh ways to make sure that our dogs don't do that because we understand and i specifically as a police officer i understand that you know i don't go out on the street every day to violate people rights that's not my intent that's definitely not right. what i want to do as a citizen of, of the united states that's what i wouldn't expect or want from my law enforcement officials as well and uh, we take great steps to make sure that we understand uh, where the laws lay on that type of stuff so that we don't violate anybody's rights and mm-hmm. that we execute our authority properly and within the law. So how, how long has Emma been doing this? Uh, Her and I have been together, trying to think. <laughs> She's my second dog, so I kind of get, I've been doing canine now almost six years, and I mm-hmm. think her and I have been doing this almost three. Three, probably, I believe so. right? Yeah. Can, can you guesstimate how many uh, how many people you've busted with with, uh, with drugs with um, her? Well, I can tell you, I ran her stats for last month, and I know she had eight, I think it was 12 or 14 arrests. Just last month, just her, yeah, just last month. Wow! So it's, it's quite a few. I guess that's that's good that she's doing so bad, but they're doing so well, but bad that we've had that many problems uh, right here in St. George. Yeah, and unfortunately, it's um, it's it's an epidemic just like it is anywhere in the United States. Drugs mm-hmm. are a problem everywhere you go, unfortunately, and and uh, I think a lot of people don't understand quite the depth of what the drug problem is here in our yeah. community. You're right. Unfortunately, you're right. All right, we've got a bunch of folks on hold. If you want to slip a headset on, yeah. Sorry, we can take... Sorry, my dog's wrapped around the <laughs> headphones in just one second. <laughs> Emma's a little hyper. It's okay. Nothing wrong with that. All right, let's go to uh, line one. Uh, you're on with Joe and Tiffany and Andy and Emma. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, Emma can't hear you, but... <laughs> yes, I have first-hand experience with Emma. Oh, Really? Yeah, she didn't arrest me, or the police didn't. She came to the uh, Citizens Academy, 
And if you want to meet Emma, and if you want to learn about the officers, and if you want to learn about the entire police system, I would recommend you sign up, I think, in January or coming up maybe next year for the Citizens Academy so you can meet. And by the way, the most exciting presentation done by the people at the police department was Emma. All right. And I'm just telling you, it's, it is a delight to watch that that dog perform. And, of course, if Emma gets her nose in fentanyl, she's uh, not going to survive. Hmm. And if you go to Drudge today, they have uh, video of the brand new police dogs that open doors, break windows, and come into your house, which is the Robo Police uh, Dog. Robo Dogs, yeah. Yes, and so you can see all you need to know on uh, on Drudge if you just go to that and just go to the news article that talks about how critical and how and another thing how expensive it is to train and maintain these dogs and uh, and the police force and the people in charge who live with the dogs. Yeah, Joe, can you address that a little bit? The expense involved in in uh, buying the dog, getting the dog, training the dog, and, and getting to uh, to where Emma is right now. Yeah, it's uh, the dogs initially are actually. They're 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 pretty big expense. I mean, we're really? you're because you're not just getting the dog. I mean, a lot of people have Labradors, but you're looking for that specific drive. And it is a handful. I wouldn't recommend. So you have to evaluate like the personality of the dog as you're Absolutely. doing this. Absolutely, huh. and and you go into it's not the breed that we're necessarily looking at. It's the drive of that dog and what they're capable of. And you have to know. Excuse me. You have to kind of understand what work you're looking for the dog to do. I knew that when the time I was selecting Emma that I was specifically looking for a single-purpose narcotics detection canine. Hmm. And I knew she was going to be going to a lot of things like like he was talking about uh, with the, the demonstrations for the general public. We go to a lot of the schools for drug education, elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, all of that in the area. So I knew that she was going to be around large crowds of people, so I needed to have the drive for her to go out and hunt consistently like she does but also be comfortable in an environment where she's being jumped on by a bunch of third graders and then being in, involved in a classroom of a bunch of high schoolers as well you know so that's what you got to pay attention to what what look are you looking for the dog to do and mm-hmm. that's the breed you're going to go for um, she doesn't do any of the apprehension work or the handler protection work anything like that um, so it's just initially you're looking for that bloodline they're they're right. they're quite that's the initial expenses as purchasing those dogs they're they're not cheap by any means bloodline um, and personality is next correct yeah, that's you, you don't even really think about that you just think oh you just go get a dog and you can train it the way you want it but some dogs aren't i guess aren't amenable to yeah, they're, they're like people they have their own personalities mm-hmm. i have a uh my daughter i won't even claim ownership <laughs> for this but my daughter has a, a schnauzer mix all he's comfortable doing is sitting around on her comfy pillow and getting snuggled by my daughter every day. And that's the extent of his life. That's what he wants. You that's know, probably we, what she wants, too. We take him uh, out in the backyard and throw a tennis ball, and he doesn't care. He'll just sit by your side because he has <laughs> no drive to go do that. And that's his personality. Now, Emma, uh, you show her a ball, she'll jump over Mount Everest to go get that ball because that's just her drives. That's what she wants to do. She's not content just laying around and doing nothing all day. Um, so, like people, you know, they just... You have the different personalities. You got to pay attention to that. Um, hmm. So, on top of the the initial expense of purchasing the dog, 
Uh, you've also got equipment. We've, got, we've outfitted our vehicles. So here specifically in St. George, we're kind of hot in certain Usually, times of the yeah, year. Yeah. So we've outfitted safety mechanisms in our vehicles to make sure that uh, our dogs are protected. So, for instance, if it something goes wrong with my vehicle, it's uh, the AC stops working for whatever reason. There's actually heat sensors in the vehicle, and I have a pager system on my tool belt that I wear. So if my vehicle malfunctions and it gets too hot, uh, all the windows roll down, um, they're barred, so she can't get out, but there's a big fan that'll start sucking the hot air out of the vehicle. Oh, wow. And then it alerts me on my pager and says something's wrong with the car. You need to go take care of your dog so that she doesn't end up in a situation where she can, you know, be exposed to heat exhaustion or anything like that. So, nice. you know, things like that, that, that equipment takes, takes money, of course, um, and then the cages and stuff that we have to get. And then... Training equipment, people don't think about things like that on a monthly basis. We have to buy, and I just bought this toy right here. It's just a little chew toy, but I bought it a month ago, and you can see she's already gotten a hold of it and destroyed it, and it's on its last leg just now. You just sit there and gnaw on it. So these are things you have to constantly upkeep on and make sure that you have available because ultimately that's what she's working for. She doesn't work for a paycheck like like you or I. She works for this toy ultimately is all she wants. And she doesn't so, even work for food then. It's the nice, rewards are toys. Yeah, and the nice thing is she'll never ask for a raise. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Let's go back to the phone lines. You're on with uh, with Joe and Tiffany and Andy. We're talking canine, canine do- uh, police dogs today. Is that me? Yep. Hi, Andy. Hey, Joe. Hey, Tiffany. And, uh, and uh, hi, Emma. <laughs> Good morning. She, where'd she go, by the way? Um, She's underneath my feet laying down. Oh, okay. I don't well, want to kick is, her. I'm, this is a great guest you have on, Andy, and I'll tell you why. And I don't want to go into too much detail, but I actually have trained canines in Texas at uh-huh. a compound, and I don't want to really go into more than that. Um, but I really like to... Uh, you, got, you got my brain juices going. When you mentioned tin foil and the coffee grounds, um, there's a lot that goes into um, canines and their intelligence. They also have um, they also have what they uh, what we basically call like scent profiles. Uh, they, they they can ca- they categorize uh, if a human if a human uh, has memories and you link them to scent. Oh yeah, uh, it's, it's powerful. To be, yeah, to be simple. Humans have what two, three hundred cents in memories. Uh, 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 typical canines have anywhere from two to three thousand. And anyway, I don't need to go into total minutia, but um, I did actually have a couple of things I also wanted to mention. Um, uh, you guys were mentioning about how the way the the way they point and the way that their nose works. Um, Another thing you do, that at least that I've dealt with, is um, I, I, I had a I was handling one dog and training her, and and I, I got to tell you this, as nice as most dogs are, I couldn't have brought her into a school. No, no visit, no, you know what I mean? No visits, no even within three feet. I I knew when she, I I, I even got it trained to where. I actually, she got it to the point where she could read, and this is the part I don't, this is the mystery I still don't fully know, and maybe you can talk about this. I had, so I was training this one dog, and 
she actually could sense right before a human was about to attack. Wow. Uh, so, so, so without any indication, without any triggers, without any, and, and I know, I know you're probably going to say, well, she was already in training mode. She already was, you know, locked in and ready for, 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 for the, you know, ghost, go, you know, Zulu and ghost signals. Um, but this one female in particular, she literally could almost instantaneously defensively attack as the human was about to, you know, you have, you wear certain, uh, uh, protective gear when you're training certain dogs for protection and so forth. Well, this one, and I'm telling you, cause I'm also hoping that maybe you can maybe talk about this. I got it to where she could literally as, as her, my, my, my second handler was starting to raise the baton. She was already ready like, to attack. It's almost like she sensed it. So I that's incredible. It's it's amazing what they can do. It's a it's it's they do such an amazing service to us humans. They we are will always be indebted to them. They're such beautiful and wonderful creatures, but uh, they're also uh, so smart and intelligent. So anyway, if you could maybe speak a little bit about that, thanks yeah. so much. Thanks for the call. Yeah, um, just to kind of to highlight it, yeah, dogs. It's it's kind of interesting, kind of what he was talking about there, but. Um, I understand canines, police officers use canines as much as we do because science, as sophisticated as we are now and advanced in technology we are now, sure. science is yet to even uh, touch the surface of what a dog is capable, either in in uh, body language or their nose capabilities. Like They're so more highly advanced than anything that we could actually create or invent. Uh, the courts deem our dogs as highly sophisticated, advanced tools is what they are, essentially. Um, and kind of talk about what he was talking about, the dog's senses. Um, majority of what dogs go off of is not besides smell, but also body language. Body language. And that's mm-hmm. actually one of the things mm-hmm. when we actually train with our dogs specifically on narcotics detection, is we make sure that we evaluate each other when we when we train to make sure, because any subtle little clue uh, could possibly pose a problem where you're you're cueing your dog so say for right, instance, yeah. a handler is is training and they keep their toy a lot of guys have done this in the past but you keep your uh your toy in the pocket and then when you see your dog smelling the drug odor you get prepared to reward the dog put your so hand you, in your pocket you put the hand in the pocket yeah. or you pull the velcro up and the dog hears that every single time that it's in drug odor so it starts associating that and so so hmm. you're on the street and you pull that velcro you reach down for your toy you know, so we make sure that as we're training our dogs that we uh, evaluate each other to make sure that we're remaining as um, neutral as we possibly can right. while our dogs are hunting so that they're reacting purely off of the odor of the narcotic based on their training and not anything that the handler himself is doing. That's not something the average person is going to think about, you know. Yeah, that, we're, we're not, oops, sorry, I think I kicked him. She's right under my feet yeah, here. So. She gave up on getting her toys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got to get a quick break in. We come back. We'll wrap up the show. We have one more call or two as well, so uh, hang in there, folks. I did want to mention Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney is a local loan consultant focusing on customer service. He have averages 4.91 stars out of five stars uh, online in uh, 271 reviews on the social survey website, including this one from Clarice. He says, I know the loan process can be nerve-wracking, but with all the requirements and documents you need to submit, Joe is extremely helpful. 
people every step of the way. Five out of five stars. Another one, Gail, says five out of five stars was incredible. Uh, and then uh, Sandra says it was a great experience for my husband and I to work with Joe and his team. Five out of five stars. So get a hold of Joe if you can. Great loan officer focusing on customer service, 435-590-6300, or you can email Joe, joe.shoney, S-C-H-O-N-E-Y, joe.shoney at nafinc.com. We'll be back in one minute. Only got about a minute and a half left in the show. Let's go right to the phone lines. Caller, you're on with Andy and uh, with uh, with Joe and Tiffany, the St. George Police Department, and Emma's down here somewhere, too. What's on your mind? Yes, uh, well, real quick, I heard robo-dogs, and I'm just wondering, you know, robots replacing millions of jobs in the future. How much longer before they'll have robo-talk show hosts? I mean, I'd be a little bit worried about that. <laughs> but anyway, but anyway uh, yes, I know, unfortunately, we lose police officers uh, every year uh, in, in their line of duty, and I know what the penalty is uh, for taking the life of a police officer, but is it, what is the penalty for taking the life of a police dog? Uh, yeah, so if you, they actually just had this occur... It, it differs from state to state. I believe here in Utah, I believe it's a third-degree felony. Okay. And and, and meaning uh, how many years in prison or something like that? Oh, I, I, I don't know what the minimum on, on that is. That that kind of differs and varies between the sentencing and... and do, uh, do they factor the in the, the cost of what the dog took to train and everything when, they, when, when something like that happens and fine them that amount of money? Are, are you aware of that? Uh, I haven't heard of anything specifically about that. I would imagine they would. Um, I know there's other laws in place as well, like, for instance, uh, the general public can, I guess, taunt and tease me all they want as a police officer, but you, it's unlawful to taunt or tease my canine. Really? Um, if you do any action that prevents my canine from doing her job, 